Hi, I'm Meredith. Hi, I'm Joseph, and you are listening to Are You Waiting for Permission? It's a podcast for those who don't want to wait any longer. Hello, Joseph Bennett. Good morning. Good morning. Always great to see you, Meredith Grandi. Thanks for being here. Thanks for showing up. Heck yeah, I would show up to to be here with you any day mm. here on Zoom. Hey, I also, I'm super excited today because we have Sumana Jetty with us today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm excited about that too. Nice to meet you this morning. Hello, hello. Hi. Where are you in the world, Sumana? I am all the way in Western Canada, so in Edmonton, Alberta. Meredith, good morning. Joseph, good morning. It's so nice to see you. <laughs> Thank you. So, so wonderful to see you. I, uh, Sumana, I'm going to introduce you here, and if I leave anything out, you're going to tell me, right? Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So I just want to introduce Sumana as my new friend. Uh, my, she's my new pandemic friend that, that I met on Clubhouse of all places. And we would end up in this morning room together. And one morning I taught an improv uh, workshop on Clubhouse, which is all audio. And Sumana had been in the room before and I had always listened. Whenever she spoke, I loved what she had to say and offer into the space. But on this particular day, I got to experience Sumana's laughter, which was (laughs) so beautiful and healing. And I just wanted to know her more so I reached out and I'm like let's get on a zoom call and we did and so now we have Sumana with us and she is a wellness consultant and so she helps people navigate their burnout so that they can prevent it and also overcome it mm. and she's very passionate about it and it's obvious when she speaks about it and I'm just delighted to have you here Sumana. Oh, Meredith, that was such an amazing introduction. And 100%. I mean, when I first heard her voice, Joseph, on Clubhouse, there was something about her that I was like, I want to get to know her well. I want to get to know who this woman is. There's something about this woman's magic that I hadn't seen her face. I don't know who she is, but I just wanted to get to know her. So I'm so happy that you reached out to me to say, let's hop on a Zoom call, because that has now developed into this blossomed in this beautiful friendship. (laughs) It has. And I'm so happy about that. And uh, so Joseph and I have been doing this podcast, Are You Waiting for Permission? And I believe you we've been friends since we released the first one. Mm -hmm. Am I right? And it was the second podcast that we had where Rafa. We interviewed Amy Rafa, and you can you tell us a little bit about your story because it inspired you to take a step, and it's a pretty significant one. And you had already been thinking about it, but this was just kind of extra, a extra little push that it gave you. So, can you tell us a little bit about that story? I can certainly do that. Um, so basically i've been in public health my whole life i i have a bachelor's degree in microbiology and then i went into doing a master's degree in public health and i always worked with diseases infectious diseases is what i always worked with and then the pandemic came and i was going through a lot of difficulties um not just during the pandemic but also prior to the pandemic with 
the culture in the workplace and just the types of people I was meeting and just a series of unfortunate events sort of just happened back to back over several years um, in this new role that I had taken after going through another personal tragedy. It was like, okay, there's a new job. I love it. But do I? Do I love it? Am I in it? I didn't quite even know if this was the right fit. There were several little whispers along the way where I felt like, this is not the right fit. This is not the right fit. And then when I was in grad school doing my master's degree, I had another sort of like aha moment where I was like, I don't think I'm in the right job. You know, and I had these conversations with my colleagues, with my with my supervisor, with my teachers uh, and my mentor. And I said, I don't think I'm in the right job. And, you know, they say, oh, you're just getting used to this management role. Just give it some time. Anyways, long story short, I have been thinking, was thinking about leaving the job to do something bigger than what the job was. And I had a dear friend, a really special friend who was diagnosed with cancer. He was my age. And, you know, it was like a very traumatic um, diagnosis. And he died within a year of diagnosis. There was no, there was no way that he would have survived. So all of this turmoil was happening in my life, a lot of chaos, a lot of confusion, a lot of like, oh gosh, you know, I knew this person a year ago and now this person's gone and I'm still in grad school, right? So time kept going. And then the pandemic sort of was this moment where I realized that I, if I don't change now, if I don't stop now, if I don't pivot quickly, I'm not going to be happy. I'm going to continue down this path of just being unfulfilled, unhappy and I guess, I guess things just sort of worked out because things at work weren't really working out that well and all these other pushes from the universe. I was at a, I remember this like it was yesterday. I was literally at a point in my life where, where do I go? It was like a cross path, right? You're like, do I go left and continue down this path of being in a really awful job or do I go right and change, reinvent myself completely? It was after my friend's passing that I had a lot of time to think and I made a decision. And this was just before the pandemic started. It was in January around my birthday. I made a decision that I was going to reinvent myself, that I was going to change and it's gonna happen. It's going to happen. I don't know when it is gonna happen. And then fast forward to your podcast a year later, I started the company. I started you know, kind of dabbling into what it would be like to work for myself. And then I listened to your podcast and I messaged Meredith and I said, I'm gonna quit my job. I think I'm done here. There's an email that's been sitting in my inbox for like three years, which basically said my last day in this job will be, and there was a blank. Mm -hmm. So I just pulled in that blank and I hit send. Wow. wow. So how do you feel? I feel like a big weight has been lifted off my shoulders. I felt like I was carrying something really, really heavy for many, many, many years. And just sending that email, it just felt liberating. It felt like I'm free. These shackles are undone. I don't have handcuffs anymore. Mm. It just felt so amazing. And honestly, I had no idea that this would be the day that I would listen to your podcast and it would make me take that step. It was an instantaneous decision. I just, you gave me the permission. So I am so grateful. So thank you so much. Mm. You're so welcome. You're so welcome. 
So during the pandemic, I expect that most of us know somebody who has died, and I'm really sorry for the loss of your friend who died from cancer. And I'm wondering, oh my God, I got chills just thinking about this question. I'm wondering if you can speak to our listener who doesn't have a friend dying or doesn't have a major trauma happening in their life, and they still want to give themselves permission. They still want to take a leap of faith, and we don't need to have a life or death situation happen so that we take that leap. What would, how can you speak to that? You know, like I said earlier, there was lots of moments, even before my friend's diagnosis, where I knew that, that I wasn't fitting. Like that jigsaw puzzle wasn't fitting. I knew it in my mind. I knew it in my body. I had all these symptoms of stress, which is why I talk about burnout so much. I had this chronic pain in my right shoulder for like three years. And I would go to all kinds of places to get it relieved and it would never work. So what I would like to say to people listening is really pay attention to those whispers to those moments where you're you know, taking a walk or driving, there would be moments where I'd be driving from point A to point B and I would not even remember how I got there because I was so lost in my thoughts or I was so overwhelmed and so stressed out that it just, it just didn't feel like it was, it felt like time was going by really, really fast, right? And if I didn't stop and change quickly, there was this gut feeling it felt like, oh gosh, what if I wake up tomorrow and all of this is gone? What if I wake up tomorrow and something traumatic happens, right? Those were my anxieties. Those were my sort of like that, my, my thought process. But I would, I would tell the listeners to really pay attention to those whispers, to those, you know, gut feelings, to those like, oh, wait, is this right? Is this supposed mm -hmm. to be it? And then hone in on that, dig deep and identify why that is the way that it is and make a change. Mm -hmm. Can you give um, a few more examples? So I, it comes physically and you, you shared, you know, this chronic pain that you had. Are there other things when you say a whisper examples for our listeners so that if they're not as familiar with paying that close attention to their bodies and to the things that are going on around them that you can help them with? The only other thing that I can think of when in my personal journey was, you know, my, my friends, people that who were very, very mm -hmm. close to me, mm -hmm. who would tell me, Samana, I don't see you doing this. This isn't you. And I was mm -hmm. like, what are you talking about? I'm making like a lot of money. And I know these people. I like this job. I like, you know, whatever the example would be. But my friends would tell me that we don't, we never thought that you would be doing this. We thought you'd be doing more than this. And there was a really important point in my grad school career where these are people I don't know, right? So there's friends that I know, and then there's colleagues I don't know. I'm just meeting them for the first time in a classroom, and we're having these conversations. And people came up to me and they said, oh my God, we're immediately attracted to you. We want to get to know mm. who you are. And then they would say that, oh, you're doing a master's in public health? we didn't think that they thought I had some kind of like a creative background. And I'm like, actually, I've spent most of my life in a lab. <laughs> right. So there, there are either your close friends who may tell you, so listen to your close friends or strangers who you just met, who are about to tell you that maybe we, we didn't, we didn't think that this is what you do for a living. Mm -hmm. So maybe pay attention to those. 
I, I, you already mentioned this, but I want to just back up and say that those moments of self-awareness and reflection, we don't really have those as habits as human beings. You know, those, those moments of quiet where we're listening to those whispers, we're not taught that in elementary school or high school or even graduate school, right? So there must have been something inside of you that allowed those whispers to be heard. And I'm wondering if you can, sorry to put you on the spot here, my love, but can you teach our listeners how to hear and pay attention to those whispers? That's a really good point. And to be honest with you, Joseph, for me, a lot of this sitting down with myself, I had to learn that as well, because I was in a long-term relationship with my ex, and it was a really traumatic breakup, one that I could write a book about one day if I feel like it, which I'm not there right now. But anyways, <laughs> I went through such a bad place in my life that I had to get training to understand what it felt like to stop, to slow down, to meditate, to listen to what it is that I'm feeling. I had to do this exercise once with my, with my therapist, which I thought was so ridiculous, but now I do it all the time. She gave me like a list of words that describe feelings because all we can think about is happy, sad, angry. You just come up with these like big umbrella terms and say, oh, I'm just angry today. Oh, I'm just sad today. But she would make me circle the words that define sadness that defined anger, that were underneath what felt like to be lost. And as I circled those words more and more every day, it was a daily exercise because I would wake up in a panic being like, oh gosh, my life is completely different now. I used to live in a big home and now I'm in this bachelor apartment, what happened, right? So one training that I can recommend to people is to find out if there is a list of words that you can use. I have one on my website that they can go check it out, but there are a list of words that you can just identify what your values are, but also words that help you dig down and go underneath those umbrella terms, underneath what it means like to be happy or sad. And the more I did that, the more I realized, hey, I'm too, I'm generally an energetic person, but I think I need to slow down to really feel what I'm feeling. And what I'm feeling is grief. What I'm feeling is loss. What I'm feeling is loss of companionship. I don't have my person beside me anymore. My, my person's gone, right? Mm -hmm. So that could be an exercise that people can try to do. And once we identify those feelings of grief or loss, <clears throat> then what? What can we do with those feelings so that they don't get stuck in our body or that we don't try to drink them away or drug them away or get burnout at our jobs? What can we do once we have that awareness, my dear? And if you don't have an answer, you're absolutely welcome to say that too. I can only tell you what I learned to Joseph as once there's a couple different things you can do. One of them for me was I would just sit in it. Mm -hmm. I'm sad today and I would just sit in that sadness, but I would give myself a timer. I'm going to sit in the sadness for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and that's it. And then I'm going to get out of the sadness and do something else. It was like training my body to sit in that emotion for a set amount of time and then retraining your body to now get out of that sadness and try something different. So that's one exercise that I did. And the other one that I can think of that I, <laughs> a lot of it was like my therapist training me to do it was writing, right? Mm -hmm. Writing down. What is it that's really making you so scared? 
What is it that's really making you worry? And I would write something simple like, oh gosh, I'm worried that I don't know how to make eggs. Mm -hmm. I'm worried that I don't know how to go to the car shop to get the mechanic to look at my car because my ex did that. So it would be like really simple things. And then beside it, I would write now, after I've had some time to think about it, a solution. Okay, I have a person now that I can go talk to about getting my car looked at. Boom, done. I have a solution for that. So it's really, it's, it takes so much time. It took me years to get over the breakup, but also, which I think in a way I'm so grateful because it propelled me to take this really big risk with leaving my job because of that exercise allowed me to have the tools that I needed today to take your permission to leave my job. <laughs> there is, a, there's a lot in what you just offered and I'm, so I appreciate you answering those questions and offering these tools. And I am, I st- I'm still curious about the permission piece around it is if we allow ourselves, I like there's, I was thinking, I'm kind of rough drafting this thought out loud right now, but as you're talking about setting a timer, I'm going to set a timer to feel sad for 15 minutes or 10 minutes. There was something about that that I love because it's the part after that is exciting to me about then I'm going to give my permission, myself permission to go do A or B or C. And I kept it. And I thought about Mel Robbins because she has that. What is that? That five second rule mm-hmm. where if you have the thought, you get up out of bed and you go and you do it. You give mm-hmm. yourselves five seconds. So I kind of I want to add that step. I want to say, yes, feel sadness for 15 minutes. And then give yourself five seconds to go do that thing that feels scary. I'm going to go make eggs. Yep. Right? Okay. Yep. That, that, thank you for going on that little um, rough draft journey with me because I, I got excited about this. And I was like, hmm, what can our listeners do in that little five second Magic. Yes. yes. What, Magic I know, what I know about our listeners is that we start to feel something loss and damn it don't we want to fix it right away Mm -hmm. right we don't want to feel that it's scary it's uncomfortable it's yucky nobody else is talking about loss on facebook why is it me right so one of the guys in my mastermind george uh, fleming a wonderful wonderful coach he said let's not try to fix things too soon and that's what i hear that in your process you haven't been doing that, Simona. You've been feeling it. Feel your feels. Mm-hmm. And that's a really brave and beautiful thing. So thank you for teaching us about that. You're welcome. I um, also just wanted to share that, that you know, just following up on what Meredith, you said, as well as that step after sitting in it is so magical because a lot of those things, like that email was sitting in my inbox for years, right? Mm. I felt it. I felt that it was off. I felt like this wasn't my, my, my journey. This wasn't my place. This wasn't my role. And then I didn't take that step of like, okay, I'm going to quit my job, right? It took me a really long time to get there. <laughs> so sometimes that fear can be like a really small micro step. And I remember one time it was, yeah, going to make eggs because I had forgotten. I had a really bad concussion after a, a collision at that time. And I had forgotten how to do basic tasks. And making eggs was a challenge, but so was going to Starbucks to get a coffee. 
it was a huge challenge, but that was like a fear. I'm like, oh gosh, what are people going to think about me? I've lost so much weight. I look like a skeleton and I was embarrassed to leave my home, but I would be like, okay, I'm going to sit in, in this for a few minutes and I'm supposed to go for a walk across the street to go to that Starbucks and get, me, get myself a tall pike. And I would do that. And it would feel so scary to place the order, to walk to the counter. But once I did it, I got it and I walked out. People would smile. People would say, hey. I was like, well, no one's really judging my weight. It's totally all in my head. Mm. Yeah. What people perceive. Yeah, it's very different than what we think. It is beautiful. Thank you. So can we back up a little bit to the resignation letter sitting in your, your draft folder for three years. So maybe our listeners are, have something like that in their life that they've been thinking about or considering for years. And what I'm wondering is, are they also hating on themselves? Sorry to be so serious. I don't know how this got so serious today, but that's where it is and it's perfect. So maybe they're really beating themselves up and hating themselves because they haven't hit sent or they haven't quit their job or they haven't figured something out. They haven't gone through the breakup. And what can we say to our listener who is, as um, Byron Katie says, putting pain on top of pain, right? So they have the pain of not quitting the job and then they have the pain of not liking themselves. What can we say to inspire them as they're in the muck of it? Yeah, the messy middle, right? I heard you and Eli talk about it. Yes, where I was in that messy middle for a really long time. Um, you know what I did, and this this may seem a little dark, but not really, because it was just something that I did, and I added some humor to it, because I was like, well, what's the worst thing that can happen? I would look in the mirror every day when I was getting dressed, doing my hair, and I'd be like, Sumana, do you like this job? No. Why do you not like this job? And I would like have this conversation with myself every single day. <laughs> <laughs> every day, every day it became almost like this thing. And then some days I'd be like, okay, well, it's not too bad. I, I have some friends that I like in the office. Oh, it's not too bad. And some days I'm like, ah, I hate it, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so that self-talk allowed me to not be that upset with myself mm. right because i'm having a i'm it's just you and me it's me against me <laughs> let's be candid let's be vulnerable <laughs> let's get it out <laughs> so i encourage people to try this exercise to like really just look in the mirror and have a conversation sometimes it can feel it can get you really riled up and some days i'd go in the office and I'd be like in a really pissed off mood and some days i'd go and i'd be like La, la, la. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love, I really love that idea, that exercise. I think it's too, uh, it's a wonderful exercise for like, maybe your partner doesn't want to hear the same story over and over and mm. over again. So mm. it, you can have that conversation with yourself and maybe glean more information or affirmations or whatever it is that you're looking for that day. <laughs> And I'm wondering is, is it just now or while you were doing the mirror work, which is incredible technique mm -hmm. listeners to try some mirror work, was there also some levity or is that just coming up today? But when you had the mirror work, were you using some humor as well? Yes. Cause I'm, I, and that's, the, that's the part about me that I also realized I was missing, right? Mm. I was, I, I think I mentioned in one of my 
clubhouse rooms is I also recognized that I wasn't laughing anymore. And every single person that I've met, even Meredith, you mentioned that in the beginning of this interview is that, oh, I love your laughter. And I've had so many people say that to me and I wasn't laughing anymore. I was laughing, but not really laughing. And then I would have this kind of conversation with myself and be like, wait, dude, you're doing this fake laughter. You're not being real. You're not being real with anybody right now. This laughter that you have, it isn't coming from your gut. It is kind of like this fake laughter you're doing just to kind of get through the day. So that was another, you know, humorous thing that I would be like, then I would try, I would try laughing in that fake laughter in a, in front of a mirror. I'd be like, this is what you should not be doing. <laughs> Oh, I love. Well, you gave you gave more room for the whispers to emerge. Mm. Oh, that's beautiful, Meredith. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, you do have a great laugh. Mm. Yeah. So I'm wondering. I've been out of the corporate world for more than twenty years, so burnout really isn't in my vocabulary much anymore. And when I saw you on a LinkedIn live a few weeks ago, I was like, oh yeah, burnout. I wonder if that's still a thing. And I guess it is because here you are and you are teaching us and helping us and sharing with us how to maneuver through that. And what do you want to say about burnout? I know it's a big question. Sorry to not be more. (laughs) It's no laughing matter. Let's just say that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's hard to talk about burnout and still keep it kind of light and playful, which has been my challenge with my company is like, how do I keep lightness in this really heavy topic? How do I still continue to talk about something that could be really hard, that has a lot of stigma attached to it, that has so many dimensions of wellness that are ultimately affected, right? You're not just burnt out emotionally, you can be burnt out physically, you can be burnt out with your relationships, with your, you know, partner, with your friends, it, it impacts so many of your dimensions, you could not be eating well. So I, it's, it's such a heavy topic. And the funny thing is, I, I'm starting to now hear it more and more, it's more of a mainstream word now but i've known it for four years i knew what burnout meant from from a very long time ago because working in public health healthcare industry is the worst for burnout when burnout first emerged it was for physicians it was for people who are in a caregiving capacity therefore you know physicians dentists doctors anybody in that medical umbrella but now burnout is more than just for healthcare workers but healthcare workers are burnt out and there's this big debate now that a lot of people, including people like me who are in healthcare, who are leaving their jobs, exiting, and not enough healthcare workers are entering. So then who is going to manage our healthcare? Because we are really pushing our boundaries. We're really pushing our limits to see how much more can our body take. That is not the way to live. Science has shown us that eventually your body is going to stop working. And you're going to end up getting a lot of illnesses which have really long-term consequences, right? So it is a very heavy thing. It is very real. And I want listeners to recognize the, the seriousness of burnout and not just think of it as like, oh, I'm immune to burnout. No, you're not. <laughs> For those that are experiencing it, who can they reach out to? So there's you, 
And then is there also like there, when I was working in hospital and in healthcare, we had an employee assistance person, an EAP person. I don't know if that's still around, but who can they reach out to? Who can they talk to? Because this is kind of swept under the rug a lot, right? Is that true? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So th what I would say is your first point of contact, if you are working, because we think about burnout and we think about it as a workplace issue. The very first thing that I think people should be doing right away is to have a conversation with their boss immediately and let them know that I'm experiencing, you know, overwhelm, anxiety, stress, whatever that may be. And your boss will typically, if they are aware of the symptoms, will send you down the employee assistant path, which is great. If you don't have benefits, if you don't have that extra resources to pay out of pocket to get some additional help. But in tandem, what people should be doing is also reaching out to their physician. It is really important to let your medical doctor, your physician know that you are experiencing these symptoms because insomnia, under eating, overeating, chronic pain, you know, you can even get diabetes, you can get, you know, GI problems. And maybe you're not understanding why it is that you're having these, you know, gastrointestinal issues. And then your doctor might be able to identify there is a test that you can do just like there's a test for depression there is a test for burnout which physicians will now have a copy of it that they can make you do and based on your score they will be able to come up with a proper plan which also includes uh, a plan to have a conversation with a counselor with a psychologist if you're having sleep issues or you know or anxiety issues so it is really multifaceted and multiple people need to be involved in the recovery process and of course people like me are always available to help you with some of those skills and some of that personal experiences that we can bring to the table to allow you to feel not alone in this journey you're not the only one because when i went through my burnout i went to see my doctor and my doctor gave me a plan and i followed the plan i didn't really talk about it very much to anybody because there was no nobody to talk about right so I think that is that is something that people should really consider is a multifaceted approach with multiple um, people who can help you through this process. Mm. Sumana, thank you. Thank you so much. So can you help our listeners find you? Where would they find you? They can find me on TikTok. <laughs> they can find me on Instagram <laughs> and on LinkedIn. Um, so okay. my handle is sjettywellness. Just Google my name, and if you put Sumana Wellness, it'll just pop up. I think Google is starting to recognize who I am. <laughs> and you're, yes, I think so. And uh, you are in your business's wellness shots, yes? Yes. Okay, amazing. Sumana, it has been so Yay. wonderful having you on this show. You yes. gave yourself permission to quit your job, and uh, I am just delighted to see where this new chapter in your life takes you. Because I know you are going to just do incredible things for for so, for so many people. Thank you so much. <laughs> Welcome. Congratulations on getting your life back and your laughter back, my dear. <laughs> <laughs> we missed you. We missed you yeah. so much. Yes. yes. Thank yes. you. <laughs> All right. Bye. Until next time. Bye. Thanks. <laughs> 
you so much for listening to this episode of Are You Waiting for Permission? Please join us next week for another fabulous guest. And if you like what you heard, please like, comment, subscribe, and leave us a review. It really helps us out. We also want to give a special shout out to Amy Shelley and Gary Grundy of High Fiction for letting us use their music in this podcast. Also, if you have a question for us, send it our way. We are more than happy to answer it for you on this podcast. All right, my friends, thank you so much for your support, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Take care.